Hello, everyone, and welcome to a fresh edition of the Rainbow Skyline podcast and a special crossover episode tonight because we have Anthony Slater here of the Warriors All 82 podcast. A winning edition. A winning edition of that, of that, of that podcast. Who would have thought? 14th of the year. <laughs> 14th of There's the year. Demon, two out of the last three. <laughs> Which, you know, is, is and then pretty wild for the Nuggets, who, uh, as Michael Malone said, uh, we are not a very good team right now. They're 3-3 they're three and three after the All-Star break. They're the worst team in the league in points off of turnovers, which has carried over and made them the second-worst defensive team in the league since the break. Um, got Kendra Andrews here, my co-host as well. Guys, where, where do we start with this? Um, you know, we'll get to probably some Nuggets bigger picture issues in a moment, but from, from tonight's perspective, Anthony, what do you take away? I mean, it was like the most unlikely win of the year for the Warriors. They don't have many to choose from, 14. Um, but, I mean... I, I don't know how well you know exactly what was on the court for the Warriors tonight. But that was three guys on ten days, three rookies, and not like top level rookies. That was the forty first overall pick and undrafted. Hey, rookie. we have the forty first overall pick uh, on Denver side. Is, hey, is pretty they good. Hope, they hope Pascal. <laughs> Pascal was good. He was really good. Um, Twenty off the bench. And you know, an undrafted rookie in the twenty eighth overall pick. Andrew Wiggins, really the only like big piece for the Warriors long term. They came in and beat what was supposed to be a conference contender by 16. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very unlikely. Yeah. Uh, Kendra, what was your takeaway tonight? I mean, something that just reminded me of, I was at that uh, Warriors-Nuggets game back in San Francisco, January 15th, I think, and one of the things that the Warriors did against the team, the Nuggets both times was they just, like, shot the lights out. Tonight, they went 18 of 41 from three-point land. I don't remember what the stat was in January, but they were just getting anything they wanted on the inverse, the Nuggets couldn't buy a basket from anywhere. Yeah. They went three of 20 from three, and even at the rim, they were struggling to finish. And that's what, like, Nuggets can't get anything consistent because they, they, there's nothing they can count on. There's nothing they can hang their hats on right now. They, they shot 18 of 36 from three two days ago, and here they are tonight, three of 20. Well, uh, what makes no sense is the Warriors are the worst defensive <laughs> team in the league for threes. It's actually historically bad. Teams have been shot, shooting like 39% against them, and they're the fourth worst shooting it. So some of this, I think, is bad luck for yeah. Denver. I mean, right. You could go give most of those players, you know, a combined 41 threes by themselves out there. They're usually not hitting 18 <laughs> of them. I mean, Jordan Poole, I think, hit four. He's yeah, he had three uh, three threes in a in row. A row. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, huge, too. Huge, like yeah. Late quarter momentum right. shifter. Mm -hmm. like, I think he's shooting like 26% from three this mm. year. So, like, you know, it was like... I mean, very early career nights, but career nights for some of these guys. Yeah. So, right. so some of it's bad luck. Also, I'm just shocked they only got up 23s. Right. Denver. Well, it's yeah. interesting. After the game, Coach Mullen was asked about that. Do, is it of concern to you that you aren't produce, the team isn't producing as many threes? And he was like, no, I'm glad we didn't take more because we weren't hitting them. So I want them to figure out other ways to score. And I don't know. <laughs> right. It's a weird, it's, in, it's an interesting mindset. Well, the Nuggets in general went into the season saying, we have to shoot more threes. Um, they, they were toward the bottom of the league in attempts per game, and they wanted to get up to around that 35, 36 a night game. And they haven't come really anywhere close on most nights. Uh, I think they average about 29 a game. And, you know, that, that's just not. It, they wanted to kind of add that. They wanted to kind of add some 2020 element to them. Instead, they're playing at one of the slowest paces in the league. They can't count on anybody. I, I feel like a lot of nights I feel like we're breaking down a team that's like, you know, 10 games under 500. But the Nuggets, just now, as you know, you cover the Warriors for so many years. When you're in this position, you get viewed through a different lens where it's like everything is under the microscope. Well, and there's just a natural skepticism about them. In the You know, just chatting with random people in the Warriors locker room, it's – 
some of the takeaways tonight from them were like, yeah, like awesome, they got to win, but it was also like, man, I don't think Denver's ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's just natural skepticism until you prove it. Um, it's weird to see a 2020 contender, maybe you know, fake contender. We'll see that like runs through a big guy, uh, and that yeah. to me, like, I'm not sure that'll necessarily work. He, you know, I don't know. He had a big line, especially rebounding tonight, but. In the key moments late, it seemed like, you know, some of those smaller defenders got to him. Wiggins had that, like, you know, stripped him on a post mm-hmm. up. Like, that's the kind of stuff that suddenly my mind's flashing to a Rocket series and, like, Covington and P.J. Tucker are, you know, digging down and, and they're losing to Houston. Yeah. That's just kind of what I envision. Yeah. I don't, like, Jokic to me is, like, they're, like, kind of the least of their problems. Just just because you go back and you look at how, how good he was in the postseason. I think their playoff run last year, obviously, two game sevens. Um, you know, they shouldn't have lost game seven here at, at home. And, and I think as much as that was like, hey, we, we won 54 games after not making the playoffs. We, we got to the end of the second round. But, like, that was a game you look back and you say, they didn't have enough shooters. Um, you know, they had ridden Jokic for the entire playoffs, and he was fantastic. But in the second half of that game, he finally, finally gassed after playing, you know, 65 minutes in a four-overtime game. I still, I don't, I don't think that's that, that's their issue. I, I still believe that you can build a team that way. The problem right now is that they don't have anything else that they can count on outside of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Murray, there's times where I feel like he's taking that jump. He had 14 points in the first half tonight, then goes 0 of 7 in the second half with a turnover. Like you, you, you can't vacillate from one half or one quarter to the next. Him and Barton want to combine one of 15 from three, yeah. and I mean it's, it's not necessarily like pin the blame on Jokic, but it's like Jokic kind of, to me especially, again, in like this modern day, needs that one-two punch that's like almost at least like near his equal. And I don't know, I mean, you guys follow him on a day-to-day basis. It seems like Murray's disappointing season, would you say? I mean, there was buzz. Yeah. I, I know he has big Yeah, plays, yeah, yeah. I, well, the, the, what's interesting is I think certainly like he, he got hurt uh, in right before the All-Star, or about 10 games before the All-Star break. Um, missed six and then played the last five. And before he got hurt, you know, he was doing most everything the same as he did a year ago, but he couldn't shoot. He was, he couldn't shoot threes. And, he, again, team-wide problem. He came back, and in February he was averaging 25 a game, shooting 45 from three. You know, and so you're saying that he's starting to get it. And then, you know, you have a couple of these times where those performances just become so uneven. And so that part of it, Anthony, I think is disappointing that it's not – the consistency level because he shows these flashes all the time where like this guy's a high level player and you know that that part to me is disappointing that the consistency hasn't matched it yeah I agree I mean I think that in terms of that I mean like Nicole Jokic is going to be their centerpiece he is and he will be for the foreseeable future so now it's about yeah do they have that sharpshooter that they believe in like Jamal Murray because like Nick just said when he's on he's on and can shoot the lights out or do they want to find? Do they want that additional shooting? And because they they haven't really been getting it from Gary Harris of late, and you know Will Barton will have those moments. And but I mean I I do think that they need to improve that threat from the perimeter. And and that while that's not their typical yeah. style, it's, he it's needs to be just, an all star. 
Yeah, right, right. No, right. I think he needs. You, you have to. Yeah, and and I like honestly, I think that there's there's they're gonna need to go get somebody else, and it's not easy in this in this market. It's not gonna be easy, like because you say, who are they gonna? Could have dangled Porter. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting kind of thing. They 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 kind of drew that line in the sand pretty early yeah. and said that he's going to be he's going to be untouchable. Um, you know, uh, from a Warriors perspective, as this is is right now, kind of everything is building toward um, what the last stretch with Steph Curry is is going to look like yeah. and how this all fits well, into that. Well, they should play Thursday, so like they've arrived. This four month just you know, <laughs> wandering through this terrible desert is somewhat over. I mean, Curry will come back. They're not going to make a playoff push, obviously. Um, so uh, they're just they're trying to learn who fits next year's roster when they believe they'll be right back up in like the Nuggets echelon of, of the West. Um, Pascal again, and it's four straight really good games off the bench. I don't know what he finished with tonight, twenty I think, um, and he was really good. Um, you know, like. Jumpers. He had those three mm-hmm. mid fourth quarter jumpers. Yeah, I was like I was going to ask about that because you know that that's what is the scouting report on him in terms of being a mid range shooter? Because Denver just let him walk into those shots that right. really were kind of like that was sort of the, where the game was kind of hanging either way, and he just solid mid range yeah. shooter when he's hot, uh, and he has been hot this year. Very inconsistent three point shooter in like the high twenty range. Um, so the corner three. Sometimes I feel like when he gets in rhythm, he becomes a lot better shooter than maybe like the numbers would say he's gonna like that's the thing the last four months he's been able to do a lot more you know attacking uh, experimenting with his game suddenly now with Curry eventually with play Thompson when Draymond's Draymond again he's gonna need to like play more side roles and that's gonna be kind of the interesting tweak as Curry comes back as they become more what they'll be is just like can these guys who had all this experimentation time fit into smaller roles right mm-hmm. um that they, you know, eighth men on title teams matter, and and can Pascal be like a good eighth man? Yeah, that's what's. I mean, that's just what's so fascinating about like, you know, the league, and, and when the trade deadline comes around, and you and you see guys who played, you know, part time roles on, on good teams, and then, you know, Malik Beasley tonight, he scored twenty eight points for the Timberwolves. Uh, he was eleven of twelve, I think, eleven of thirteen, mm-hmm. and he's been averaging better than twenty plus points a game since he got traded. But you know, again, that's one of those situations where it's just like you get this complete green light to to do almost whatever you want, and then it turns around and you're saying, okay, well now I have to fit into kind of a, a much tighter box. Yeah. It's 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 a player. It's like how how do you handle that? Can you, you know, can you take a step back after you had this like big role? Yeah, and we, you know, it's always ever known really is this. I mean, he played with Steph for like three games and <laughs> right. a rookie. Uh, so, you know, that's, but that's more, there's what now, 20 games that are so left for the Warriors. That it's it's such a low stress 20 games. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, so you look calm and relaxed. And yeah, <laughs> no, it's been relaxing. It really has. Um, and, you know, the Wiggins aspect yeah. is interesting. I think it was pretty good tonight. 10 yeah. assists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, ne- I've never seen points, him pass it yeah. that well. Right. So, and he uh, really he kind of reforms into the Steph ecosystem is interesting. Right. And how, and how what's kind of your, your take on what that will look like? If it's a lot smoother fit than the D'Angelo Russell one. Mm-hmm. Was, they were kind of trying to, like, force fit in. It's, that's obvious, just positionally, with yeah. him just being a wing. Um, I've liked his slashing ability that we've seen so far. He, you know, kind of got, you saw it tonight, kind of just, like, the smooth gliding. Yeah. Um, Post up, had some. Kurt mentioned post game about he liked the way he was like driving and finding guys again, 10 assists, which I'd have to look, but I don't remember the last time in his career Andrew Wiggins had 10 assists. So um, suddenly, when that's Clay and Steph in the corners, although tonight essentially was, they go 18 of 41. Right. 
Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Again, I mean, that's that's ahead for the Warriors starting Thursday. Right. So, so you you mentioned low stress over the twenty games. Complete kind of opposite <laughs> for the Nuggets in terms of where what they kind of have to wake up to. This this was the, the reason you know this was a bad loss outside of the fact that they were at home against a team that had won thirteen games and had three guys on ten days and all those things that we mentioned at the top. They now go into a stretch nine of eleven on the road. Five of those nine road games are against teams currently in the playoff picture, and the two home games in that stretch are against Milwaukee and the Clippers. And so you're looking at a, at a stretch right now that's probably going to define more or less where mm-hmm. where they end up in that pecking order because by the time that's over, March is almost done. There's only a few games after that. Um, you know, they're, they're I think, two and a half up on the on the sixth seed right now, and they're only a game and a half up. Uh, they have the third seed, but but Houston is charging hard, only a game and a half behind. Where, where do you guys, I mean, where do you kind of see them? You, you're going to be out on the road for the first two games. Yeah. This this trip, what what they really got to do record-wise, and what do you kind of think they will? I mean, I think that's why this game was kind of like you were just alluding to, was more of a gut punch to them because, okay. Should have been a guaranteed win. Right, they should have with their record. Yeah, because right. Charlotte next and you Cleveland, those should be three very winnable games for this team that should cement them more in that number two seed before you play those teams who are playoff contenders, the Clippers, the Bucks, who are not just playoff contenders, but are possibly title contenders. You wanted to have that leg up over Los Angeles, over Houston. So, I mean, I think on this road trip, they have to beat Charlotte and Cleveland. Yeah. Those are two very winnable games, and then you get more into those yeah, then they go well, they Dallas, San Antonio. Games. The Lakers is the, is the first part of that trip. They come home for one game, and then they go to Oklahoma City, Toronto, Chicago, yeah. and Miami. So it, uh, it's a lot. It's like I feel like the Nuggets for them, their goal should be, you know, those two L.A. teams have proven to give them a lot of trouble. I mean, that Clippers game just a couple right. days ago. Everybody is, it, is it matchup-based a little bit for Denver? Like, who don't they want? Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's a good discussion, we, we, and we kind of talked talk about that about last that. week. But the – you know, I see. I I see where I look at it is always like because we we talked about Jokic. The are you, so you, specifically in the first round or just overall in the playoffs? I mean, it's, at this point in the West, the way it's kind of clumped, I think you can only really worry about your. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I I like I like Dallas as a matchup for them more so than Oklahoma City, um, just because. The miss, yeah, the miss, and and honestly, the the Chris Paul Jamal Murray thing is something that I I worry about for Denver of of that just being a really big gulf in in terms of those two guys, especially in the playoffs. Um, again, Jamal had his moments in the postseason, but it was almost like an every other night thing. Um, Jokic does play really well against Stephen Adams, but uh, you know. I just think that the Thunder, the Thunder are scary in that, in that matchup. Um, yeah. Denver, Denver matches up well against Utah. Uh, they, they match up well I, again. I think against Dallas. Um, Houston's fascinating because they split the season series, but they didn't play this version of Houston. And obviously, they would have nobody for for Jokic, but like he's going to have to run down the court and and, and run to the the corner to guess you know. PJ Tucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, so Houston, the whole experiment is going to be interesting. To yeah, watch. Like yeah. Maybe you do want to, maybe you don't. I don't know. Right. Well, let me ask you this, but because I'm curious, we're, we're sitting here talking about some of the bad losses that the, that the Nuggets have had. You know, they've lost to the Cavaliers, they lost to the Hawks, and they've lost to the Warriors all at home. Yeah. Um, they lost to the Wizards. Golden State, ha- Golden State had some of those stretches during their their dynastic run where um, they would lose some of those kind of games. Like they would lose a few of these. Um, games to teams that they they obviously should have beat. Do, do these things ultimately matter when, when you lose those kind of games? No, I mean no. In general, I mean once the ball tips off on April, 
you know, 16th, whatever the matchup is, the matchup is, and suddenly all you're analyzing is, you know, that series. But I think the Warriors, when the Warriors were on their rise, and it was a very quick rise, it was suddenly 67 wins with Kerr, and they yeah. won the title, and then 73 the next year. Like, they weren't losing those type of games then. They started losing those when, like, Durant got there, and they almost got a little bit bored with just the whole process because they were such prohibitive title favorites. There was nothing really to prove. Um, when they would have those losses, it's not like we would sit back and criticize and be like, I don't know, I just don't know if this <laughs> team has it. It was more right. like, man, I just don't know if this team cares in March. Right. You know, I'm not sure they'll care until April. So yeah. that would be the difference is just like it was a lack of like just wake me up in April where right. the Nuggets like – and that's how it is. You know, I did a podcast with uh, Eric Nem, uh, Milwaukee yeah. writer, mm-hmm. and like they're – on the flip side in the East, it was a similar thing where he's talking about like, you know, is it – and it – they're whatever fifty one and yeah. eight. And it was like, can you really call them the prohibitive favorites, even though right. every statistic they have says they should? The and it's like we'll see them in April. Right? Yeah. But the Nuggets. I mean, we tend to just overblow every game because what else are we going to do over however many months? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's our jobs to analyze every game, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the good the, the the positive the Nuggets can have is outside of that really bad, like really beat down in L.A. against the Clippers last week. Um, they, they've played these top matchups well. Like they, they've, I think they were, I think they're seven and seven against the top four team, top five teams in the West. Um, they've tended to get up for those kind of games. And, and you're right. Once, once it starts, none of it really, none of it really matters. But my whole thing is like, the Nuggets shouldn't be bored. Like because right. they, they haven't, they, they haven't, haven't proven that. Yeah, that's, no, that's sure. why to me, it's, it's a little bit concerning. Um, so yeah, it's again big stretch coming up for the Nuggets. Uh, Steph Curry comes back Thursday, so there's you know stuff for both teams to. to Still a tentative coming back. I can't for sure. You know they need to like, tentative. It'll probably be tomorrow where they'll get the full green light. Okay. From, but if he does, it'll be a little bit spicy. It's Warriors yeah. Raptors yeah. on TNT. You know, finals rematch. Well, exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then Saturday ABC. You know who's liking this? The NBA ratings. Yeah. yeah. Are liking that Steph's coming back for oh, those yeah. two. For sure. Considering the crisis they're going through. Yeah. No. Um, and you know. Maybe Dragon Bender will be on another ten day. That's the other story. <laughs> it expired today's first. Is that so? That's the question mark. A good way to go out, though. Yeah. They've had twenty-two pl- different players this yeah. year. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see. Nug- yeah. Impressive. Nuggets visit the Warriors at the end of this month, so we'll see where where both teams are standing and then there at that point. But uh, appreciate you guys for joining us t- today. Uh, keep it into Warriors All Eighty Two and the Rainbow Skyline Podcast. Until next time, thanks for stopping by.